Hello and welcome to a special edition of Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space podcast on the movie Rogue One, a Star Wars story. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Spencer. Yay. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. Better than ever. Talking Rogue One, Star Wars Story, directed by Gareth Edwards, written by Chris Weitz, Tony Gilroy, John Knoll, Gary Witta, and based on George Lucas's original characters, which, I mean, original character. Come on, George Lucas. Okay. <laughs> Starring Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, Wen Jiang, Ben Mendelsohn, Forrest Whitaker, Riz Ahmad, and Maz Mikkelsen. And I, that ought to cover a good section of who's in here. But this is, there was like a plethora of who's who actors popping in. Yeah, I kept recognizing yeah. people. Uh, name one. Yeah, who'd you recognize? Name one did I, that I recognize? Yeah, who'd you recognize? The one that was on the Paradise and in the Exorcist TV show. What's his name? That is Ben Daniels, who played General Merrick. Yeah, and... Uh, Jimmy Smiths. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smiths as Bail Organa. And I like I like that uh Jimmy Smiths was on there for you know I, I mean that's not real. I, is it a spoiler? Are we already spoiling this? Uh, I hope not. I, I feel bad. He's, <laughs> Did you he, he's was in he in the, the trailer? Credits, though. I don't know if he's in the trailer. I thought he was, but maybe I'm just tripping. Mm. I just didn't think it was weird Gosh, at all we already, when he was we on already screen. Messed it up. Wait, is this a second Star Wars movie? Because he's in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. yeah. He's in Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. <laughs> at, the, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he's, he's one of the uh, couples that gets one of the twins. He gets Leia. He's, so he's technically Leia's father. He gets a baby. Yeah. Mm. Free, free baby. <laughs> oh man uh faces i recognized like um the i mean to get myself in the right headspace for this i mean who did you <laughs> recognize spencer um mads yeah oh, we already said that name i know i the guy who was the um, the main villain in the white uh, in a white suit. He I thought that was Paul Gleason for a little bit, but then I was like what? I thought it was Paul Gleason. Then I realized no, he, that's way too young to be Paul Gleason now. Yeah, I but, didn't know who it was, but I thought I recognized him. I just had no idea where from. Uh, hmm. let's see. 
Ben Mendelsohn was in Animal Kingdom, which I know I'm from. Dark Knight Rises, which I don't remember him from. And one episode of Girls. Hmm. Oh, The Place Beyond the Pines. That's a good movie. It's a Is little it? Too, yeah, it's a little too long, though, but it's a good yeah, movie. I heard, I heard it was too long. Is it like Schenectady, New York? That's a movie I've almost watched like ten <laughs> times, but every time, like, I don't feel like it this time. That's a total... That movie is a total mind... <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what? But this... What about this movie? Tell me about this movie. This movie was good. I want to see it again already. I... Yeah. Yeah, I like this new Star Wars trend of having um, people of different races. Yes. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's great. People of different races, different age ranges of different sexes, for God's sakes. Female protagonists. Different accents. Yeah. Everybody seemed to be so diverse. It was great. I just, you know, I'm just gonna, t- I'm just gonna step out here and say, I never thought I'd see a, a Mexican in space. Okay, not, not unless uh, Machete in space came out. <laughs> um, there's freaking Diego Luna. Yeah, I was trying to figure out his accent the whole time. I thought he was British at first, but then I quickly, then I had to look it up later, and I was like, okay, that makes sense, Mexican. He's a guy from Itumama Tambien, right? Yeah. You haven't seen that? Um, that's another movie I've almost watched a bunch of times, oh. but have decided not to. Both of the actors that were in that movie have like gone on to do other cool stuff. Well, I like both of them as actors. Well, yeah. the reason I would see it is Gail Garcia Bernal, who is my, yeah. one of my favorite actors. Yeah, yeah, he, he's gone on to, to keep on work. I feel like Diego Luna kind of went to the wayside, but this is like, boo. This hey. was, yeah front and center and it was so funny because before we went in joel said the hollywood reporter or somebody said Mm -hmm. that there wasn't a strong male lead in this movie Uh, it was lacking a strong male lead i I guess the (laughs) luna's was kind of the lead no yeah no he's he's female (laughs) (laughs) he's a man and he was, like, there. There were other men, too, in the movie. Were there? I mean, there weren't any white men except for Maz Mickelson, and he's got an accent. There were there were white bad guy men. Oh, yeah, those, yeah, British guys. <laughs> what if one of them had, like, switched sides and become the hero? What if <laughs> instead of, what if instead of Riz Ahmad, we had a white guy who decided to be good instead? Charlie Day. Yeah. Yeah. What if Charlie Day was in this movie? (laughs) What's that? Is that the sound of me throwing up in my mouth? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. (laughs) You you don't like Charlie Day? I just, I mean, the only movie I've seen him in, I don't watch, uh, he's on Sunny in Philadelphia, right? I've never watched that before. The only movie I've ever seen him in is uh, Pacific Rim, and he is my least favorite thing about that movie. Oh. 
he's my favorite part of that movie. Oh God! <laughs> well, you and you and Campo can talk about that. Charlie, Day, Charlie Day is a good. He's funny. I like him. He's he's irritating. I don't I don't have any issue with him. Well, he's not in this movie. What'd you guys think of that other guy? Uh, Alan Tudyk is white, and he's in the movie. Right, but they had to they had to disguise him. They're they're yeah. keeping white men out of this movie by making them pretend to be robots. Okay, you know what? I didn't really want to get political. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, okay, not to be political, but this movie was just what I needed. It was like it was not to spoil anything because mm-hmm. we'll we'll do a disclaimer before that. But there were some sad things in the movie that happened, and despite that, it was so worth seeing because there were so many moments that were just about doing what's right and not <laughs> what's wrong. And it was, it just felt like a shot in the arm. <laughs> like, like it's it's okay. There are still good people in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's me, but um, when they're at the, at the, like, Middle Eastern looking place, mm-hmm. it looked yeah, like the, uh, the American invasion of Iraq, kind of. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, I was saying what? that we... We were the stormtroopers. Yeah, and watching, I was like, "That's kind of awkward." Yeah, <laughs> I. And you see, like the tank roll through town, and like the stormtroopers, like, oh man!" And then the yeah, and the you see the the locals forcing attack. people to like yeah. get take out their IDs and stuff like that when they're just standing there. And then yeah, the the rebels all of a sudden start attacking, and they look like um, they look Middle Eastern, which is like, mm-hmm. man, this is a all right, not, all right, not right. holding back at all. I already want to go into spoilers on this. <laughs> let's let, here, let's let's give a quick uh, just say a quick couple things. Yeah, here, uh, let me go first. I thought this movie was excellent. I enjoyed it more than The Force Awakens. And I think it's because it was like this breath of fresh air for the Star Wars universe. It's not like any of the other movies. And it it's multitude of characters, it, it, a wide range of looks and, and acting styles was nothing but beneficial to what it turned out. The only thing I found disappointing on it was some of the effects that are done, which we'll talk in the spoiler section about. And that they only have about seven action figures, and I want a bunch more. <laughs> is this the first but Star I'm, Wars? I definitely, oh, sorry. I definitely want to go see it again in the theater. Is this the first Star Wars movie where there's a beach? No. Um, it feels like it was. Well, crap. Maybe you're right. I mean, yeah, because George Lucas's thing was the planet is all one thing. It's like a desert yeah. planet. And then there was an ocean planet, but there wasn't a planet with an ocean. Well, he's a nerd and he doesn't like going to the beach. Because <laughs> tough guys would steal his girlfriend and kick sand in his face. That's why he made American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, it's a response to the tough guys that beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, what do you uh what's your general feeling on this? My general feeling is it's a really good movie. For me, it was really good to see right now. So, I would recommend you see it during this uh wintry time that you have you may have time off from the holidays and I'd say Felicity Jones 
That's her name, right? Yes. She was awesome. So was Diego Luna. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, there were other actors that were also very, very cool. And moral ambiguity, man. This movie had... It was not trying to tell you good versus evil. It was not trying to tell you black and white. It was saying everyone is a human being and we all have good and bad qualities, good and bad sides, and make good and bad choices. And I think that um, you should really go see it. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you might like it. Yeah, that that goes into what I was saying about not liking other Star Wars movies. I think if you're not a Star Wars fan, you might enjoy this. On that, but top, I, well, on that topic, okay. I, I'm not a Star Wars fan, and it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Yay! Yeah. It's the most, because um, it actually feels, this is crazy, different than the other ones. Yeah. And yeah, it is. Should people go see it? What, what, give yeah. us your little little stint on it. Well, one thing about disappointing me, but that's a spoiler that we will get into okay. later. But um, it was a lot of fun. Was, like I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. What you guys said, <laughs> all right? It's yeah. a it's a definitely worth going to see. Like I kind of want to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it is extremely well made and everyone should go see it. Because Disney needs more money. No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so that uh, apologies if anything that came before this part was spoilers for you. Uh, That's, you know, we just kind of slipped out some some stuff but from this point on in the podcast, we are we are just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about in the movie. We're gonna say things we're, that spoil. Yeah, we're gonna spoil reveals. We're and gonna there, spoil. Yeah, events. there are things to be revealed. Yes, that the, you wouldn't know about if you have only seen the trailer. Yeah, if you like, you will be surprised by things that happen in the movie. Even if you've read like the plot, I feel like there are some things that just can't be described until you see them. So from this point forward, I'm gonna click. We are now spoiling. Okay, so let's talk about disappointments. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Okay. Spencer, what did you find disappointing in the movie? I was under the impression that this was a standalone movie that had nothing to do with anything else. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know it was tied into A New Hope at all. Oh. I, I thought it was a standalone, like, to some separate separate adventure that's set around that In the time. Star Wars universe. Yeah. I see. Yeah, and finding out it was all a lead up to A New Hope was kind of like, I don't know, felt kind of lame to me. Liter- yeah. Literally tied into Honey <laughs> Yeah. It could it could have uh, been cool as a standalone, too, with a different subject matter and and have used a lot of the same elements. Yeah, like, but not, yeah. But for me, personally, I don't like A New Hope all that much. I don't, it's a, it's a kid's movie and not a good kid's movie. You're a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> it, it is more of a kid's movie than Empire or, well, I mean, Return of the Jedi is pretty much a kid's movie, too. Empire is probably <laughs> the most serious out of those. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, be too down on Star Wars, but uh, Mark Hamill I mean, you, isn't a good s- lead actor. 
I mean, he was just yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just starting he off, but he's he's presence. he's better. He's better than uh, oh, you know, what? I'm not even going to talk about the the prequels. He yeah, it, it's like Al this Guinness. is the most prequelist. <laughs> oh no, it's not the most prequelist. No, no, no. It's this between. Is, yeah, this is yeah. an in betweener. You know, like that one TV series, <laughs> The In Betweeners. Yeah, where. Teenagers show their penis to people, I think. Is that what that's about? I don't know. Anything else disappointing? Um, C-3PO is in it. Oh, shut up. He's really... <laughs> I never saw A New Hope all the way through until I was 22, which was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he's really irritating to me. He, I think he's pointless to the story. <laughs> Even in comparison to characters in, the, in Hidden Fortress? I mean, that's that's why he's there, because it's a head fortress character, but to see three pros is really irritating, and seeing them in this movie, like, I, I didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> see, I didn't grow up on Star Wars at all. Like, my whole family was... My, my mother doesn't like science fiction movies. I didn't fi- find this out until... I was like in my late 20s. Like, it, it never even occurred to me that we weren't watching everything else everybody was watching but i didn't watch star wars until i was like 18 or 19 myself and uh it so i have an attachment to the movies but not i'm not like a hardcore star wars fanboy or anything like that i i mean i'm just the you know your general nerd that has mm-hmm. more star wars knowledge than he should <laughs> like I, I i i find c3po to be charming in the original three movies just because he is i mean he's silly he's comic relief and that's true but i find him irritating the way i find charlie (laughs) day irritating (laughs) yes but um okay i see now we now we're understanding here yeah (laughs) but in this movie he's only got that tiny brief cameo with r2d2 honestly i I, I was not expecting anything i was hoping that you'd see r2d2 and not once I figured out it was a tie into a new hope, I was really hoping it's just R2 and Darth Vader. And That's so funny. That. It's so funny that you didn't realize that. I, yeah, I didn't. Well, I'm not a Star Wars fan, really. I, right. Like, I grew up with people who love Star Wars, and so I knew the plot to the original trilogy for since I was like 10 years old. And like, uh, so you were rebelling against them. I like a, a rebel. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm a rebel pilot, like Porkins. No, no, I'm not, I'm not that fat. But <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're no Jack Porkins, man. No, I'm, I'm a Admiral Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, like, see, that's better. Yeah, yeah. You know that that guy, that the guy who played Admiral Akbar mm-hmm. in the original movies, he was married to. Uh, uh, who's an actress you hate, Sarah, that, that tries to sell us her, her diamonds? Elizabeth Taylor? No. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's still alive. <laughs> Jane. Her diamonds. Jane, what's her name? Lynch? No. She's a British person. Seymour? Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Yes, Jane Seymour. <laughs> yeah, right, Jane the, the Seymour. The guy who played Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> <laughs> Was married to Jane Seymour, but I think he's since passed away. Oh. Uh, another weird 
uh, Hollywood marriageism. Christopher Lambert was married to Diane Lane. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I think it was Diane Lane. It was some someone too attractive for that weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> that's a big list. Yes. <laughs> Actresses who were too attractive for the weirdos they married. That's like a that's like a IMDb list I can make. (laughs) A whole podcast dedicated to that. (laughs) Chapter one: People who were married to Christopher Lambert. (laughs) What the hell? But um, uh, yeah, that's when I was real disappointed with C three PO, and I had no clue as a tie in. But Darth Vader was pretty cool. He was. Awesome. That's the first time I thought Darth Vader was actually terrifying. Yes, totally. Cause, yeah, because the original movies, like, I kind of grew up with, like, the through, through osmosis I was kind of picked up on all the Star Wars stuff. So Darth Vader was never terrifying. It's always just like, you know, Luke, I am your father, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. What were you disappointed by, Joel? I want to know what you were disappointed by. What did you think was disappointing? Okay, I'm going to say this, even though I really like the movie, and I am going to see it again. All right, we're just we're um, just kind of nitpicking here. We're nitpicking? Just... I thought there were a couple moments where the dialogue could have been better. Um, they were going for their usual Star Wars banter, where people kind of, you know, make make remarks at each other that are kind of sarcastic or funny or whatever. And it worked, but there were a couple of moments that I felt like maybe they didn't necessarily need to do that. Like maybe they could have cut a couple of those or, but I got the impression that maybe they're, maybe they did a lot of recording of them interacting with each other and they just decided on the ones that, you know, the moments that were in there. Well, if it's anything based on, like, the amount of footage in the trailers that is not in the movie. Yeah. There's I, stuff that happens in the trailers that does not happen in the movie. Yeah, I saw a list that was, like, 20 items long uh, going through the two trailers that came out that were, like, this is not in the movie, this is not in the movie. This is, like, completely different than what happens in the movie. It's, like, crazy. Which is cool. That means there's all kinds of bonus footage that they were they were kind of like planning things out and maybe change their mind and like I want to know what these ideas are. Yeah, the only other thing I found kind of disappointing for some reason right then when you said that about the trailer, I was thinking about what was misleading for me was that the trailer made everything in my mind look clean, made everything look like it was taking place in like the empire ship or whatever like mm. it looked all like clean and sophisticated and and this movie really got down into the mud like there was more than one thing where people were crawling through dirt to survive kind of thing and um they do eventually end up in clean ships or whatever but that's not where the majority of the story takes place necessarily but um yeah the only other thing that i think joel didn't like either was there are a couple of characters that that you interact with (laughs) (laughs) no in the movie there's a couple of characters that had cg faces and they kind of stayed on those faces longer than it was kind of believable for 
Like, the, the face worked for a second, mm-hmm. but the more they interacted with other characters in the movie, the less real it was. Specifically, uh-huh. Grand, and Grand Moff Tarkin, who I think they're calling Commander Tarkin in the movie for some reason, is it's a, a classic actor who I'm suddenly drawing a blank on the name of... Uh, hold on, i got to look it up. But he's famous for being in Hammer films along with... Uh, Christopher... Wait, Peter Cushing? Yes, Peter Cushing, thank you. Yeah, so they... Obviously, he's been dead for decades now at this point. Yeah, he's been dead for a while. But they... There are more elegant ways to do what they did, which in the movie, they have his face just on an actor, and it's... I mean, it doesn't... It it looks pretty bad, because it it just looked like... uh, I don't know. It looked like video game quality to me. Like the eyes did not look real to me. I thought it looked good. Okay. But I thought when it was talking, it didn't look good. Right. And that uh, it, like, uh, yeah. That explains why it, it always looked weird to me. Not always, yeah. but as it went on, like it just looked, something was off. Yeah. It's uncanny valley. I'm glad they had him in, but they could have, like, shown him in the shadows or something else like that. You know, they didn't have to... The, there were long scenes of him talking with Ben Mendelsohn's character about, uh, you know, like, oh, you, you, the Emperor is displeased with the progress on this, blah, 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 stuff like that. And, like, I want... Ah, oh, man, I just want a time machine, bring him forward into the movie, because yeah. I love him. I like I, him in the movie. Yeah. I like the character of him in the movie. But, yeah, there was just a little bit of a oddness to that face yeah. in the movie. And at the end, of course, where we're talking, where it connects to Spoiler. A New Hope, we get to see Princess Leia for a second. And they do the same thing with her face. I didn't think that was that bad, because you barely... it's. Like, maybe a minute at most. Of right, you see that for a second. Yeah. Know. You're not, like, focusing on it for as long as you are the other one. It's not sure. as jarring. I- I'd compare it to the way uh, Michael Douglas's face looked in the Ant-Man movie when they were doing the uh, shots of him, like, when he was younger, quotation marks. They, they just kind of CG his face... Uh, in that case, they like made a younger version of Michael Douglas based on his, his the way he looks now. It's like it's not the way he looked like when he was younger, but it, it just. Um, I'm glad Tarkin's in the movie. So this is a dumb question: Is he in the the original trilogy? He's in A New Hope, and he he's looked, on the okay. de- he's on the Death Star when it blows up. Because he looked familiar, but I wasn't sure from what. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. moth is like a general or something? No, no. It's it's uh, Grand Moth is a title that is uh, actually I have no idea. Okay, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. You sounded uh, uh, confident there. Very confident, yeah. I just know that his his title is Grand Moth Tarkin. Joel could be S for a profession. He's very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've worked on several of those films, and uh, let me tell you all my credentials. Oh, let me tell you, when I finally started getting into film and started, I watched a couple of Hammer movies, uh-huh. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee. Huh? Uh, oh, my God. That's why they cast Christopher Lee in episode two. Oh, man. That's why his name is Count Dooku. That is so stupid. Count Wait. Dracula. Count Dooku. I never made a connection before. Well, I apologize. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, if that's not the reason, I mean, that's way too much coincidence in, in my opinion. R.I.P. Chris <sighs> Frilly. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was immortal. I mean, he was. He is immortal. Like, he's going to be around forever in our like. I still see him. Everything he was in. I thought he was like a hundred years old. He was just way old, well into his nineties. Yeah, but I thought I, I I thought for sure he was like over a hundred. I don't know. I mean, this, this this guy was like a killer in World War Two. Yeah, then was he like a Nazi hunter? Yeah, I, I, I he did crazy stuff. That's I <laughs> remember hearing about that. Like. On the Stuff You Missed in History podcast, mm-hmm. when, when he passed away, they did one on Christopher Lee, and he just had this crazy, amazing mm-hmm. life. And after he'd done that, like, they were talking about him being on the set and them trying to do a thing where a man dies. He's like, that's that's nothing like what it looks like when a person <laughs> dies. Let me show you. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> scaring us, Mr. Lee. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have anything else that, uh... Um... Not really. The o- The only thing that was a little bit distracting for me was that the... I knew what this... I knew beforehand. I saw the second trailer or whatever that kind of revealed that it was a mission to set up for A New Hope. You get the Death Star plans. Yeah, you get you see the Death Star for a second in the trailer, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew that going into it, but there were a couple of moments where they start talking about the fun, you know, the basic idea of what it is they're doing and or that, you know, I can't remember exactly how they lay it out, but the people behind us just started like laughing because they thought it was like way too basic that they were spelling out like we are setting up for the Death Star takedown so that that can happen mm-hmm. in those other movies. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. A equals B. Yeah, hmm. I think that there were some people in the audience that kind of maybe made that moment a little more trite for us. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a great movie. And that's yeah. about it, yeah. This, I feel like I had other things to complain about if I was going to complain about the only, the only thing I could think of it okay one not enough uh donnie yen oh there's plenty of donnie yen uh (laughs) okay he was i'm i'm one with the force the force is one with me i'm one with the force the force is one with me i'm one with okay yeah we get it donnie calm down Uh, (laughs) um this is Uh, more real yeah there were there were not as many aliens as i as i would have wanted i mean we got Mm. You get a huge POC cast in exchange, so I think that's probably fair. And you get some Admiral Akbar fish people. Yeah, that was another thing that I. Uh, the only other complaint that I could mm-hmm. think of was the Mon, Mon-, Mon- Calamari, Calamari, who's on yeah. the Calamari. battle cruiser. Wait, is that yeah, Calamari? 
Mon Calamari. This species is called yes. Mon Calamari. Yes, and they're from the planet Mon Calamari. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Well, you you know, George Lucas has only got so much time. Can you time. imagine being like a teenager when like this stuff came out and you're uh. like, that's called a Mon Calamari. And you're like, that's cool. Like you don't even, maybe don't even know well, what a Calamari is before. Like. There's also the, the snail people from Escargot. And no, yeah. uh, I, I didn't know if you're joking or not. There, yeah. no, no, that's I bad when read. you don't uh. know. <laughs> Snail person with a lightsaber, uh. yes. Uh, so there is a Mon Calamari, yes, yes, that's what they're called, on a battle cruiser, <laughs> and he's he's commanding funny. the <laughs> he's commanding the Rebel X wings as they're attacking the uh, Star Destroyers <laughs> and and the uh, in the area, and. It's like his effects look great because he's an alien and they don't really do anything. Like, I think it's a whole bunch of green screen going like on, so that. he looked fine. But at the very last time, thing, when they get the shields down at the end, he's like, we've got the shields down, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to a shot of a guy in a Mon Calamari costume. And he's like, well, what the rebels are doing? Like, wait a minute. Why? Okay, that is totally a person in practical effects, hmm. which I appreciate, but you should have done that for the whole thing. Why isn't that guy just CGI? It just took me out. Like, I was, like, hmm. into it. And like, oh, wait, there's a guy in a costume. That's there's a, a guy in a costume. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. And I want some freaking calamari. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that guy on the ship, the Mon Calamari, was, like, awesome. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, the fun character. He was, like, so, like, hyped and, like, into the mission and everything. Yeah, you know, they take take care of He stole the show. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hero of the Rebellion. There was, like, only a Twi'lek for one second on that, like, hologram thing. Yep. You don't see as many species as you would expect to see in a Star Wars. But I'm okay with that. Like, I'm totally fine with it being mm. more understated. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I liked about it. It's not, not so much um, gobbly look aliens thrown around everywhere. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Glib globs. Gleep globs. Gleep globs. <laughs> yeah. Not as many gleep globs. Mm. <laughs> The Mon Calamari, also known as Calamari, Calamarians, Mon Cala, uh. Mon Calamarians, Arel, Mon Cala, were one of the sentient species indigenous <laughs> to the world of Dak. Oh, okay, so the planet is called Dak. I well, apologize. Was George Lucas, like, going, did he, like, go to an Asian restaurant when he was writing a script or something? Yes. Yes, of course he did. Ugh, <sighs> oh, man. Uh, what am I going to call this? Hmm, Calamari. Where? <laughs> 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 wait or, an- wait or like another my, diet coke like my calamari <laughs> like he had a Jamaican a Jamaican waiter yeah <laughs> hey man your calamari's ready my, my calamari it's mm. <laughs> another score for George Lucas <laughs> yeah oh, man. What, did, so, what, what, what was yeah. your favorite parts favorite things uh, I liked all the stuff where the things happened did like Mads Mikkelsen being a a hero for once? He's he's been a hero a bunch of times. I love Mads Mikkelsen. I love Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> I'm mad about awesome. Mads. I was gonna yeah. say that. I am no, also mad about Mads. 
Yes, we can't help it. We're mad about Matt. He's awesome. And it was just weird seeing him not play a creepy villain for once. Like, I thought for sure he's going to turn because it's Matt Mickelson. Well, he pretended to turn. That's pretty good. He wasn't a yeah. bad guy in a royal affair, I don't No, he wasn't. I mean, anything I'm that's... i think if I've seen other stuff where he's good. I've only ever seen him as a villain or like a creep. Hmm? Other stuff you've seen him in. Other things that I've seen him in. Uh, Casino Royale. Oh, wait. Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, what's that movie directed by Nicholas Winding Refn? Oh, uh, Val... No, not, not Valhalla Val- Rising. Valhalla Rising. But he's, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of evil in that. He's a hero, but he's also kind of evil. Yeah, does he I mean, ever he's a, speak he's in He's a murderer. I don't think he, he plays does, but I can't. I can't remember. Because he has yeah, one he, eye. It's and a like very the, quiet movie. I like that movie. Doctor Strange. Oh wait, <laughs> he was bad guy. Men and Chicken. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. I like him though. I think he's cool. No, I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's a. A roguish, uh, weirdly handsome guy. Coco yeah. Chanel and Igor Stravinsky. Coco Chanel <laughs> and Igor Stravinsky as Igor Stravinsky. Yeah, so he, he was not a bad guy in that one. No. They were just, again, having an affair like he had in the a Royal Affair. Flame and Citron, he's not a bad guy in that, I don't think. Oranges? Yes. Or lemons or something? Citronin. <laughs> it's it's about a German resistance. Okay. Or is it French? You know what? I don't know. He's in King Arthur. Huh. Yes. I plays. Seen, I don't remember him in that in that at all. He plays Senor Mendelssohn. I heard that he was like a dancer for years. That he like that was his profession, his craft, mm-hmm. whatever. And then he just like got into acting. I don't know if he had an injury or if he just was like, I think I'm going to try acting. I mean, really, he's barely in this movie. So. Yeah, yeah but, but still. I mean, it, I know. I think he's great, and I, I love, I love his face. He's got such a unique face that it's just like that's Mads. What's up? <laughs> I'd never want to meet him because I'd be. I don't know if he'd be weird or not. I want to give him a hug. <laughs> And say Hannibal's my favorite show of all time. I love you. Okay, let's let's go through the cast one at a time and just talk about how great they were. Felicity Jones. What a badass! Yes, and vulnerable too. Yep. Her character was not your typical hero. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a naysayer. She was felt orphaned. She uh, had some baggage, and um, I thought that her acting was great. She was somebody who was conflicted, definitely, mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, she, uh, I've, I, you yeah. know, she she kept on pushing. Like uh, her character <sighs> kept on going. Like even though things just kept getting crappier and crappier. Like at a certain point, she realized that there were just terrible things happening that she could affect and i think she did a really good job mm. of of her character evolving that way uh what you guys said ah. no what do you think i thought she's a really great badass lead yeah i think she's a better controversial better lead than ray shut your mouth i'm just kidding i but I the, they feel... know they're, they're different characters. I, I mean, I love her, yeah. so I don't know. 
I'm not saying I Ray love... is a bad lead, but you know. <laughs> no, no, I I get that. I feel like Ray is awesome, but I feel like um, what was this character's name? Jin. Jin is more real. Yes. She's There's, more relatable. Ray has this adorableness to her character, which is it's funny because she's also been like stomped down by life and has been living like as a basically a vagrant for the whole thing when we see her in The Force Awakens. And but Jin is not there's not anything adorable about her. She is a real person. She is a criminal. She's she's hardened by what she's had to do, yeah. Yeah, totally. She's a criminal. She's been on the run, and this is what she expects her life to be. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like, there's definitely a lot of things that are sad in the movie, but I think one of the things that was most sad was that, like, basically these people have gone through things that are so bad that they don't... It's survival. It's like they're, they're trying to survive, and you see the war and how it affects people in a different way than Star Wars has ever attempted to show. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the He's next person? Desperate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, Do you have anything? No. Yes. I want to no. move Go. on to um, Forrest Whitaker. But, but, but he's not next in the line. I know. Okay, let's talk about Forrest Whitaker. What'd you think? He was... It, it, the voice he was doing was distracting. It's the same voice he does in Last King of Scotland. <laughs> was it? Without the accent. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, you're going to do him where I will find out if you're telling the truth or not. <laughs> he was good. Just I found his voice to that voice to be distracting. He didn't have that voice when he rescued her from the hole she was hiding in, right? Uh, No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to show like how old he's gotten, how rough his life has been, or something. Yeah, I like that he was the MacGuffin at first. MacGuffin. Yeah, he was. Uh, he the... Well, because they were trying to track him down. Because I forgot the exact reason why, but like he was the 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 what uh, the object of the plot originally. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They thought they was the, he was the key to all of that. And I guess he was the key. He was certainly the push that she. I, she would. It was the push that she needed to know that she couldn't run away from what was happening anymore. I think he was the key in that sense. It, it was almost like the 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 notion of the girlfriend in the fridge thing that mm-hmm. comics was doing, like. The only purpose for this character is to die, so the um, hero is motivated. And this time they kind of reversed that. Saw so a black man in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. I they don't have an action it. figure of him. Yeah, that'd be a cool one. He has robot legs. I yeah. know. That's what I was thinking. They could do an older and a younger version of him. And this—it's kind of ridiculous. I yeah. hope that there are action figures that have yet to come out, but I get the feeling that they don't expect many toys to be sold in mm. for this movie, which is which is dumb. It's Star Wars; it's going to sell toys. Yeah, and this is like an action movie. Like if you take your kids to it, which I'm not sure if you should, when I, at because the, at the because theater, it's got some so, dark subject matter. <laughs> at the theater, I was at, a guy brought his like looks like a seven year old and an eight year old to it. 
Oh, man. Yeah, there was a kid next to us. There was? Yeah, it was like laying on his dad's lap or something. No, that's Jose. <laughs> <laughs> He's old enough. (laughs) (laughs) This was like, yeah, pretty heavy. Kids could watch it, but they might get a little bit bored and they might might think it's sad or heavy, you know? Yeah. If they can get what's happening. I got a little bored watching it, though. You did? Yeah, I I found found myself getting a little tired in the beginning. After the first action set piece, I was like, it woke me up for the rest of it. Yeah. The pacing of the movie is different than you would expect for what it's about. But if you're getting bored, hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) But I think for me it was because it's um, Gareth Edwards and he has weird pacing problems sometimes. Like with Godzilla, which was fine at best. That movie is not paced that well. Yeah. And um, I would... And I I realized watching it that Mads Mikkelsen gets a Brian Cranston treatment in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the the main drama. It's like oh no, he's in ten minutes at most. Mm-hmm. But it's not as bad as Brian Cranston and Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Forrest Whitaker has a, a sex monster that makes people tell the truth. Oh yeah, that was. I guess. I don't know. That was a bad CG. Not bad, but it was noticeably not as good. Maybe reminded me of the, the squid creatures when they're out of human form in um, what's that Tim Allen space movie? Uh, Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Forrest Whitaker did really well in the movie like i was afraid it was going to take me out seeing him because he's i mean he's really famous you know he's a well-known actor but i think they did a really good job of that but there okay there was another complaint i just (laughs) remembered Mm -hmm. there's a part when we first see forrest whitaker and they've got they've got um the character's name is bodhi rook rizamad the uh, Empire pilot that has changed his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's it's supposed to be intimidating because like they've got him like all tied up in front, and Forrest Whitaker comes out with his robot legs, and he's just like, "You need to tell me." Oh, I'm surrounded by liars, liars. You know, this is a bad situation. But Bodhi says something to him, and his response is to keep staring at him, then to take the oxygen. I assume it's oxygen, whatever, the gas mask thing that he has, put it on his face, breathe in a couple of times, you know, Darth Vader style. Mm-hmm. I see what you're going for there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Bodhi says something else, and then he releases the gas mask, and there's like a music cue when he releases the gas <laughs> mask, which all it does is it snaps onto his chest, but it's like, boom. Like, oh, was that supposed to be intimidating? Uh, I thought it was, it was like, a Frank Booth reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, Yes. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's why he said alien daddy wants to f- <laughs> afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he kept his jeans on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> robot leg jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam was singing into Ziggy. 
<laughs> and he didn't realize that uh, Agent Cooper was watching from the closet. Oh no! Speaking backwards. Coop. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Beaumont. That's his character name in that movie. Moving on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That explains why they found that severed ear in the beginning. He should have picked uh, yeah. it up in the first place. Another discussion so for another let's talk day. about Diego Luna. I did not like that character for most of the movie. Do you mean like you didn't think it was a good character or you like, thought he was a... I thought the character was a... I can see that. I thought <laughs> it was like kind of like... I felt he got in the way of uh, Jen being interesting and a good lead. Hmm. But Take that, Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I confirmed that that was an article on the Hollywood Reporter. Okay. Uh, but then after a while, I forgot exactly when. The thing was, uh, yeah, I can't remember when, but at some point I was kind of like, oh, he isn't that bad. And that's kind I mean, of his, like, his actual character, Turning Point, is when he's, you know, uh, trying to snipe uh, uh, Mad M- Mass Mickelson's character, Urso, and he decides not to, and then he realizes, oh crap, you know, there, there, there's Jen, I need killed. to go, yeah. I need to help. Yeah. That whole thing is really good. That whole uh, set piece of the raining in the planet there, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of like wandering off to do their own thing, and Jen climbing up that gigantic freaking ladder while... Uh, what is the name of the bad guy? It feels actual more real life Krennic. to me too. That all that stuff did him. Him thinking he was going to do what his mission was and being like conflicted about it, and her just kind of wandering off to try and get to her dad and like the. I I felt like all of that stuff was more believable as a real life thing and less of a Star Warsy thing than you're used to seeing. Yeah, but I was okay with that. No. I was like. Hmm. You know what? This is interesting because it's not your so, typical Star Wars situation. It's like a breath of fresh air, really. It's yeah. like like we're not watching people with magical abilities or millions of dollars. We're watching these grunts. That's how I felt about the guy that was saying, like, I am the force. The force is with me. Like some Donnie people, Yen. Some people might get tired of that in the movie, but I feel like that was more real, too. That was more believable. For a person who was trying to achieve something that was impossible. I mean, I can't. I can't say anything bad about. Him. No, he, he yeah. was badass in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like the way he was acting was more real life than you would see in like another Star Wars movie. Hey, let me just go back to Diego Luna real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I liked his character a lot because he was a scoundrel, which is the way Han Solo uh-huh. originally was supposed to be, and this guy was like. Like, one of the first things we see him do is he's pressuring this guy to give him information about uh, this super weapon that's been rumored about. He takes out a couple of stormtroopers, which attracts other guards, and this other guy's like, there's no way I can escape. And he's just cold, cold-blooded, cold kills this guy so oh, that yeah. he can get away with the information. That's like... If I did, mm-hmm. Didn't he get the information they didn't kill him? Yeah. 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 He's like, I'm not going to risk getting caught or you telling people that I exist. So he just takes him out. And it is really cold-blooded. But I think that that's a change of pace for Star Wars. It's usually very black and white. Yeah, no, usually the good guys 
would never do something like that, and bad guys would do something like that. But in this situation, it was kind of, again, war and intelligence and and being a mercenary and all this kind of stuff, being a spy, whatever, it was kind of more realistic than you would have seen in other missions or whatever than you'd see in other Star Wars movies. Yep. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Spencer? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I ruined it. Nah. Whoa. Anyway. So I, yes. um, Riz Ahmad is the ki- is the kid from Nightcrawler that dies at the end. And oh, see, it- I haven't seen Nightcrawler. Oh, that's a great movie. I kind of spoiled the end, but <laughs> um, hey, no spoilers for other movies. That actor was in the Night of that HBO series, mm-hmm. and he was so good in that, and he was so completely different than he was in this movie. Yeah. He's like a in Nightcrawler, he was a totally different type of character, too. Cool. That's cool. But Nightcrawler is really good. You get Jake Gyllenhaal being extremely creepy and and not blinking. So just like real life. Yeah, it's... Let's, let's talk about Rizumet. He was a... Uh, he was a... Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't either. Tell me. Can I ask you guys a question? No. I mean, I don't know if this is just like if I missed it. But yes. Do you think that he was mentally affected, like by that creature? Yes. And that that was the reason he was acting that way. Uh, what do you mean? When he was in the jail cell? No, like his his character, the way he talks and the way he acts and everything. No, I think that he was a little. He was just. Uh, he he plays it. Yeah, I mean, he plays it as somebody who knows he's he's done something really like could get him killed, and he's not exactly the bravest person. Mm-hmm. But so you don't think Forrest Whitaker used that creature on him in the way to like make him lose his mind? I mean, did you feel like he had lost his mind after they escape? I was questioning. I was questioning if he was mentally affected by being with that creature. I, I, I didn't think he was, but I I felt like I never really got a firm answer on what happened to him in that he, situation. He always seemed kind of distant and not wanting to talk. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, yeah, or maybe he was just scared to, or not scared, but maybe he was, was overwhelmed and is trying to focus on the mission. Yeah. I, I don't want to nerd out too much about it, but I, I do feel like his character was, uh, the reason why he wasn't talking so much to the other people is because he was like literally a rebel amongst rebels. Like, uh, the, you know, he's wearing the empire uniform the entire time of the movie so he's obviously he's come over on that side so there's trust issues right away with everybody who's talking to him even though he's he's uh what did they say he's he's rebelled against them <laughs> you know yeah no he came voluntarily or whatever with yeah information. and he is not sure of himself the entire time like when he first shows up on screen and they're like, oh, you need to take me to this guy. Are you that guy? Oh, I thought you looked different. Like, oh, no, where are you taking me? Like, it's it's he's been sent on this mission by uh, 
Maz Mickelson's character. And it it's almost like this wasn't supposed to be his fate. Like he he just intended to be this cargo driver for the Empire and just live life working and not not really think about the consequences, but it was uh I don't think I realized that was I mean, I I could just be reading into it. No, no, that's cool. I mean, we're, we're going to see it again anyway, and I'll be interested to see what I think about it on second viewing. Yeah, let's go right now. Is that Chewbacca? Let's go, Spencer. We're going to huh? go see the movie again. I don't know. I got to <laughs> sleep. Oh, man. It's midnight over here. But I think that I liked his character a lot, and I liked how he kept doing he kept doing things, and it, it, I felt like he didn't want to. Like, he was scared to do that. But he did it anyways because he knew that people's lives were on the line. There is something peculiar about him, and I can see that that would be one reason why he would be acting that way. And I just didn't read—I just didn't read into it that way. I read it as maybe something else peculiar was going on. But I—I I think that his acting was excellent, and it was completely different than I saw him in that HBO series, which was also excellent. And I think that he's a great actor, and I think it's awesome that he is of Middle Eastern descent, Persian descent, um, don't know where he's from or what culture he, <laughs> he is uh, a part of, but he, it's, a nice, it's nice for me to see actors of different ethnic backgrounds in a movie right now. Sorry to get political, but when I see... A Persian man or a Mexican man in a movie in a big part right now. It makes me happy. A black man. To see these, to see a diverse cast, you know, it, it really, it really made me happy in the face of all the ridiculousness that has been going on in this country. Yeah. On that note, let's talk about Donnie Yin. Yeah. He was okay. uh, the best character. <laughs> So what do you, what do you, what do you like about Donnie Yen? He reminded me of a uh, Kyozu from uh, uh, Seven Samurai. Understandable. Oh yeah. He he was just like the the cool badass, and who was also like a Buddhist monk. I mean, Kyozu didn't have any sense of humor. That's it, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But like this, his character is so irresistible in this movie. You know, from the second when he's like, "You with the necklace, I'm over here," you know, and then right afterwards he's going all basically going all Matrix, yeah, <laughs> just beating people with his stick. I like his introduction of like, "Don't arrest him," and then he just beats like ten dudes with a stick. Yeah, <laughs> as one would in a situation like that. And his best buddy is a guy with a machine gun. Yeah, another Asian actor. What the hell? They have Asians in space? Yes, they do. And they're both awesome. Win Jang. <laughs> I'm not... Let's see, you know, I don't recognize him. Wow. His IMDb photo is this super clean cut looking guy <laughs> with glasses. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what else? What have I have I ever seen him in anything else? I don't know, but he was great too. I mean, the, those guys were serving. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say uh -huh. this to to you, Spencer, but they're serving the R two D two C three PO role, except for they actually kick a lot of ass. I can see but that. They, they're, they're that makes silly. sense. Yeah. 
Oh, or maybe it's like the the Gimli Gimli uh what's the name of the Orlando Bloom's character in Lord of the Rings? Asking the wrong person. Elf guy. Those two guys. Because those two guys kicked ass and they were they were funny. Like those two characters made me made me think of like Savage Samurai and how like yeah. the parallel like that like uh Dayan reminded me of Kyozu. I was trying to figure out the Kim Bay, your father parallel. I guess that's um uh Jin. I mean he's not he's not in this movie. Yeah, because he's been dead for a while. I mean, if he's the one who's like planning stuff, uh it it might be Urzo, it might be Mads Mickelson's character. Yeah, and I was thinking that um uh the other Asian guy with the machine gun is like the like either the archer guy or the guy with the funny face. Uh he's the fat guy. Yeah, the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his seven seven. Yeah, the, the chubby fat guy with the weird face. He was great. I mean, like the you know, break, bringing out the gun whenever he needed to. The both of them kind of like, like, oh, you almost got me killed. Like you almost got. I like her, <laughs> you know, Donnie Yen's playing the blind. You know, he's not force sensitive, but he does love the force. It's really cool. I thought he had like some like some connection to the force. I think that uh, let me let me go a little Star Wars nerd on you. <laughs> uh, so they were collecting a specific type of crystal mm-hmm. in this movie to power the Death Star, which I, I had never heard that as a thing associated with the Death Star, but mm-hmm. sure, whatever. Um, proximity to force crystals okay. sometimes allows normal people who are not force sensitive, who do not contain any sort of metachlorian to be force sensitive so okay to for example in the force awakens poe dameron is Uh an amazing pilot Uh and one of the reasons why is because on his family's home they had one of the force sensitive trees from the jedi temple given to them by Luke Skywalker. And so he had grown up around that. So even though he is not any sort of Jedi, he is force sensitive and has uh protonatural abilities. So Ray could also have that going on, but that's probably, I mean, if he was like selling crystals, if Donnie Yen's character was selling crystals, mm-hmm. I would assume that he could gain force sensitivity from that. And obviously okay. he was doing badass things that yeah. a normal person wouldn't be able to, like yeah, dodging yeah. lasers. So that was that was Nerd 102. Yep, yeah, you almost lost me there. <laughs> yeah, and then the Mound Calamari showed up. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm enjoying how stupid you think it is. <laughs> I didn't think stars could be that dumb. Oh man! How many other species do you know the name of? Um, I, we could make a whole podcast. <laughs> not sure if you want to do that. I don't so, care nearly enough. I mean, I'm I'm kind of wondering if there's any that amusing. <laughs> oh, like that? Like yeah, like a literal like on like, the nose. Yeah, there probably is. I don't know them off the top of my head. 
<laughs> Mon Calamari is really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as it's not as painful to me as Count Dooku, but it's pretty stupid. <sighs> so, uh, the robot. A- anything else you want to say about those guys, though? Uh, those two guys, um, Chirut Imwe and Baze Malbus. Uh, my favorite characters in it. Uh, I thought uh, the blind one was, had a lightsaber because it did a close up on his staff. It had like a metal thing. Yeah. I mm. thought it was going to be lightsaber. No. I felt like they were like leaning up to that and then like, oh, no, is this going to walk? It's just got a can opener. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, let, me, let me spoil something major about the movie, the way this movie ends. Uh, so if for some reason you have been listening, even so, I am going to tell you the ending of this movie right now. Everyone dies. Everyone who is a hero that is has a main role dies in this movie. So Jin, Cassian, K2S0, Churret, Bays, uh, Saw, who is Forrest Whitaker's character, he dies much earlier on. Bodhi dies. Galen dies earlier. The like there's this movie ends with essentially a nuclear blast that takes out most of the cast that we've been following the whole time. And it is so, I I found it to be so powerful, but I really, I'm getting a chill actually remembering it. I was going to say like, this movie is like the most reluctant heroes are banned together to do this mission and they decide that it's worth it. And it's suicide mission. It's worth dying for. And they do it anyway. And they, live every moment as if it's worth it's worth fighting for it's worth dying for and then it and then that is what happens and it is pretty powerful and it's sad but at the same time you you feel hopeful because of it yeah it's yeah. it's tragically beautiful yeah, yeah. Uh, Chirrut and Baze's death like was really like perfect pulled on my heartstrings yeah. so hard because when Chirrut, like, is going, he's he's stepping between the raindrops just to go over and pull that lever so that they can have, get a message to the rebel fleet. And then he gets that arrow from off screen and he dies in that puddle. Oh, wait, that was a Seven Samurai. <laughs> uh, it was a musket in Seven Samurai. Wasn't a musket? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a musket. <laughs> yeah, because earlier in the yeah, movie. Yeah, because he's just running he, along and all of a sudden, bam. Like, yeah, because oh, earlier in the movie, he um, uh, stole a musket. You killed my favorite character. <laughs> you bastards. Yeah. And and then, you know, of course, Baze. And they know it's over. Doing that walk of death, you know, to kill as many as he can and him getting shot and and like, oh, man. It's it's so it's such a powerful moment towards the end of the movie. You feel this momentum I'm of them up. of them finishing they're fin- they're finishing this mission that they've been trying so hard to complete and it seems like maybe it wasn't going to happen and then it happens and the rest of it after that is like they've completed their mission and they're happy they've completed their mission and it's just like they're all dead and they know they know they're all dead it feels like they they don't know for sure but it feels like they know it's coming and that they're happy that they succeeded in at least that. And it's, yeah, it's powerful. 
and I would say really sad, especially if like there were kids that were <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I assumed at least Jen would survive. Me too. And then, yeah. uh, you know, then end is like, oh wow, this movie had the courage to kill off all these amazing characters. Yeah. I mean, maybe Jen and Cassian survive and they end up together or something. That's what like I that. was saying. Yeah. Like, towards the end of the movie, I was wondering, like, if they were going to have, if they were going to end up being a family and if that was going to, if there were going to be other characters that could have been connected to them in other movies or whatever. Yeah, and their son Chewbacca joins them. <laughs> <laughs> the and then he just says to her, complete spoiler, he says, Your dad would have been proud of you. And. They just hug each other mm-hmm. and you see this blast and just like, it's so overwhelming. Have we talked about the, what the blast looks like exactly? No, I don't think so. It's basically a very slow nuclear explosion. Yeah. That's unstoppable. And it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of inception of like the, like the turning like so- like streets up on their side and stuff. Oh, you but, mean like Doctor Strange? Y- yes. But like, <laughs> but instead of it being cool and trippy, it's like, oh, it's impossible to stop and it's going to keep on going and going. And you're going to die. Left. Yeah. People are, yeah. are just like, you're, it's dead. There's no way to get around it. Like, and, yeah. and the worst part is that it just goes so slowly. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time, that's the only time you ever see the the effect of like a Death Star blast up close? Well, because the only other times that they use it is to destroy entire like planets and aerial, uh, like from space. This one that they, they were only doing like enough to destroy the location that they were doing, which I, I honestly I think is kind of a it's it's something I could nitpick against, but whatever. I I mean it has it's used so well in the movie. I I I don't really give a crap. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. I thought it looked really cool. Um, but that's because you don't know as much as me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm blessed to not know as much as you do about the way this is supposed to work. Of course. <laughs> the way you you know about Star Wars and dedicates so much time. I know about African history. Yeah. Wow. Something that's actually <laughs> useful. Yeah. Yeah, my knowledge is actually useful. That's correct. What? <laughs> <laughs> so wow. let's uh let's go to Alan Tudyk who plays R R two D two. K two something. K two SO. Yeah. K two McSchmitty. And he's the K two SO is the Groot of this movie. He's Yeah. I think people walk away from it just being like having their, their pants <laughs> charmed off. Yeah, my, my my pants were gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but um, like uh, my favorite K two moment was at the the Middle Eastern town where yeah. he's like, "Oh, I got bored, so I came here." And they catch with a grenade and he tosses it. Like, oh, yes, I'll go back to so shift. Good. You are right. So good. <laughs> I also like the part <laughs> the part right before that when she shoots him. Or she shoot, yeah, she shoots him and right through the chest and he's dead. Except for then he comes around the corner and he's like, 
did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> <laughs> all of the quips that he did were so awesome. All yeah. of the, all of his lines were just like perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, so good. Yeah. Unicorn, <laughs> we're glad to have you on board. Uh, what's his name told me to say that Cassian told me to say that <laughs> yeah it's so good I mean this like Alan Tudyk is, is just a class act like any movie you're gonna have Alan Tudyk in is amazing I didn't know it was just, him until the credits and they're like okay that explains why he's so great who's, yeah who's that he is uh, I gotta show you, you come over here I'm sure if I Tucker and Dale versus that. Evil yeah, she hasn't seen that. Oh. He was in uh, the Firefly. second season of Dollhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I recognize him. Yeah. He's um in Dodgeball. I think he's Steve the Pirate. Yes, he is. Oh. He is indeed Steve the Pirate. He's in a whole... He shows up in everything. Yeah. I mean, he's done, he's done so many voices, like, and, and like, actual... It, like uh, roles he was been, but yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is a personal favorite of mine. He's in um, Moana playing a chicken. Yeah, see, perfect. I want to see, I want to see Moana mainly because of him as a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at all this stuff, Big Hero Six, and he what was that video game movie that came out. That video game. It was, it was a CG animated Disney movie, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. He's like, He's uh, like the King something. Yeah. King Candy or something like that. Yeah. One episode of Justify. That was the best episode. Um, mm. <laughs> anyways, he's great. He's an iRobot. Yeah, he plays the robot. He plays the main robot that's like, like I am not a machine or something like that. Whatever he uh, says. He's not being this, funny in that one. No, he's not. He's being oh. deadly serious. Never mind. Yeah, he's not. He's not like Will Smith. Did you know that was me before you shot it? Huh? Nothing. Anyways, it was great. Oh, he does the voice of Simon in the Chipmunks movies. Oh, lots of paycheck. Uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was cool. <laughs> he is. I'm just Stop being so judgy. <laughs> oh yeah, newsreaders. I forgot he hosted that. Everybody's got to get money somewhere. Yeah. Judgy, judgy, judge, judge. Yeah, I like judging. That's how I get my judge on. But his his K K two S zero when his death happens also by a spoiler. But yeah. Anyways, we're already over spoiling it. That is heartbreaking. Like once again. Yeah, you feel for him. Like he's he's like fighting to the very end. It's actually very similar to to Baze when he's mm -hmm. uh, after Donnie Yen's character gets killed because they're both like, I don't care if I'm going to die. I need to finish what I'm doing. But it, like K two S O is not seeking revenge. He is doing all he can so that Cassian and Jin can finish what they're doing. Looking back on it, I'm like, wow, and that person died, and then that person died, and then that person died. But like when when you're watching it. I mean, sorry for those who've listened who haven't seen the movie yet. It does not at all feel like everyone is going to die. I mean, at this it, point, if they're listening and they have a yeah, it's yeah. Fault. yeah, but yeah. I feel like when you're, wa when you're watching it on first view, it's like you don't know that that's where the entire thing is headed. 
you just feel like there are a couple of side characters that are dying or whatever, but you feel like the main main characters are gonna live and they don't. They just they all go one by one. It's like um the way Seven Samurai ended according to your friend. Yeah, where they all died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is exactly yeah, in a n- nuclear blast. <laughs> uh what do you guys think of Krennic, the the main commander bad guy with a cape? Paul Gleason would have been better. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he did a really good job at being a bad guy. I found his evilness convincing, but I I was kind of confused um, after... Remember, there's that moment where he's been told, like, you're being demoted and I'm taking over kind of thing by the other character. And after he kind of keeps trying anyway and mm-hmm. like in the empire that was a little <laughs> that was a little unbelievable for me because <laughs> i know he's like trying to make a stand and be like be the star or whatever for his project mm-hmm. but like you just know you just know from everything about the empire that you're not going to try to make a big scene and go up to Darth Vader <laughs> and say, "Hey, my coworker's upsetting me." Or whatever. <laughs> and Darth Vader has a great line of, "Don't choke on your words." I know. I love that. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to die, and Darth Vader would take over. We were joking when we saw Darth Vader. I was like, "Is that Hayden Christensen?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, that would be awesome to see him, <laughs> like, just getting into the costume or something. But it was so badass to hear James Earl Jones again as Darth Vader's voice. He sounds the same. I know. That's crazy. He must be, like, he must be elderly now. He has to be in, like, his 70s or 80s. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, old man scratchy voice. I know. It was great. <laughs> it was like he was... <laughs> Just as Vadery as he was back in the day. I think he was better here. Yeah, I agree. But, but he seemed more nimble in this costume. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was because. Have we seen Vader? We've seen Vader in costume in the. In episode three? Yeah, he's at the. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But don't you think his suit seemed a little bit more like flexible like than it did in the other movies what do you mean in in this one it looked more yeah. like combat ready yeah, yeah. It, it looked like he wasn't moving around like Frankenstein monster how old do you think he's supposed to be at this point wait how old yeah. is he at the end of episode 3 in his 20s and then so like, and then Leia was an adult so mm-hmm. like 50s or something so Leia's in her twenties, probably in this movie. So it's, it's she, he would be in his forties, like forties yeah. or fifties. I mean, he's a de- decrepit old man at this point. Man, Vader is so good in this movie, though. Like I know, like you said, he is legitimately scary for once. Yeah, like the at the scene at the very end where it's just a dark hallway, and then he turns on the lightsaber, and then yeah. you realize, oh, he's going to kill everyone. Yeah. That was so evil and sad. That was like that was like the part in the early movies 
um, when he kills all those kids. Like, even though you don't see that part, really, like, you're like, wait a minute, he just killed all those kids? Like, what the f- <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah, yeah, he's relentless. He yeah, just- <laughs> and then this one, it was just like, kill, 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 and you're like, no! And you're like, how are they gonna get the plants there? I know. Yeah, yeah, that little slot in the door, they're not gonna... <laughs> Toss the plans through there, okay? And Come like, <laughs> Invader was just—they couldn't do anything against them. It was like it was—it yeah. was simultaneously badass and terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like I knew—I kinda... I knew what was going to happen, but at the same time, it's like, come on, let's hurry up. He's gonna kill you. Yeah, just just toss it through the door. Don't wait for some guy to reach over. Not toss it, okay? Yeah. I mean, maybe he can. For- he probably force that door open with with the force, <laughs> or chop it with his lightsaber or something like that. But I mean, yeah, it's great. I kind of want hope that they do like a a standalone Darth Vader type movie. That would be cool. Now, yeah, like. Uh, what age would he be like around the time of this movie? Maybe, maybe you can, well, I know that, I don't know how much Darth Vader is in that animated Rebels series, but they could do like, yeah, what's going on either before this movie. Yeah, it would have to be before this movie takes place. Or if it's another in-between, it could be an in-between where... At the end of A New Hope, when his ship gets shot down, like mm-hmm. how he recovers and gets back for Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Did I liked his reveal of him and like the the test tube thing, and you yeah, see he's like missing his, like half his arms and his legs, both his legs. Yeah. Uh, that's called a back to tank. Uh, you can also see it in uh, Empire Strikes Back when Luke uh, is rescued. You're doing that the, uh, dorky thing. From the uh, icy waste. You're pushing up your glasses and going, actually. Uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> one thing I like about Empire is um, Lando and the Space Yeti. Yeah, Lando's awesome. <laughs> and the Space Yeti in the beginning, where they chop off his arm and it's actually bloody. Mm-hmm. And unless you watch the redone movies, and I believe they take the blood out. Yeah. Because they're for kids, remember? Yeah, well, in the book, um, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, it's about 70s Hollywood, uh, they talk about Star Wars. and Oh, they the, talk about how uh, uh, Dennis Hopper chopped off somebody's arm? <laughs> no, they talk about how George Lucas was this kind of a, a weird, quiet nerd that um, Francis Ford Coppola championed and helped start his career. And... Coppola said he was just kind of a weird, awkward kid that could that didn't know how to talk to people. And um, Lucas said that he intended Star Wars for like ten-year-old boys. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot. I mean, based on what it was going, it was probably what he was watching when he was ten. You know, watching the serials of yeah. uh, he said he Flash Gordon make, and stuff like that. Doesn't make an adventure movie for like kids. Yeah, I. I think that he did a fine job with episode, you know, with A New Hope. It's good enough. When he tried to make another kid's movie with The Phantom Menace, that's when I think he didn't understand what... I mean, kid, well, that's not true. Kids love that movie, so I loved he it succeeded the first there. I the time I saw it, and the second but, time I thought it was super boring, and I sold I mean, it the and, next day. 
Yeah. Well, how dare you? It's my first DVD. Okay. Uh, the one, one last thing I want to say, uh, we, we spoiled that Bale Organa is in the movie Jimmy Smith's, and I have to say the I, it brought me joy that at the end of the movie when he's like, I have to return to my home planet. They need me. It was a very poochy like ending <laughs> because you know he returns to that planet and then the Death Star blows it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. My home planet. And needs that me. was like, <laughs> yeah, Leia's like kind of dad. Yeah, as an adopted father. Like that was the only father she knew. Yeah, there was another moment that I'm afraid maybe we spoiled that I don't know if I should say anything or not. Well, right now it's fine. What okay. was it? Um, earlier, before the disclaimer, we talked about oh, God. Um, good good guys that were white. And in the beginning of the movie, it's kind of ambiguous that Mads Mikkelsen is a good or a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Mads Mikkelsen, so, just in so case. you assume he's bad. Yeah, yeah, you assume he's bad. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And there are only two alien cool characters in this movie. Well, I, the Mon Calamari besides that. <laughs> There was the the guy who's, who's <laughs> I found out his character's name is and the shrimp, <laughs> is, shrimp scampi and the mon calamari. <laughs> his his character's name is Pao P A O, and he is one of the rebels that goes to the the planet that the whole end of the movie's oh, at, the and he's the guy? only alien. No, no, not the little guy. He's okay. a guy with a big old mouth that I put the picture on of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a normal sized guy, but he's the only alien. And then the other uh, cool one is, uh, I believe, is the little one, the one that has like the <laughs> he has like a rocket launcher or something, right, or a gun, and Sometimes. that's Bistan. Okay. And it, so there's there's Powell, there's Bistan. I think there was a really tall, white uh, looking alien guy, and in uh, Forrest Whitaker's crew, there was a bunch of aliens too, which was oh, cool. Yeah. There's the the one with like the chains or something on it. Wait, wasn't that guy a Mon Calamari? <laughs> no, no, that they're like. No, I mean, not a Mon Calamari. Wasn't he a Twilight? You're asking mm-hmm. the wrong person. The the one that was like talking to uh, Bodhi when they first had him in the desert. Yeah, and, that guy. Like, I speaking. don't know. Did he have a hat on or something? I can't remember. <laughs> I oh, felt yeah. like I felt like it wasn't obvious to me if he was. Let's just go watch it again. Okay. Okay. I'm just looking up the release date of the Jungle Book for no particular. No, no. Reason. Okay, Spencer. Let's talk about our <laughs> podcast here. We have a podcast. Yeah, if you want to hear me and Spencer talk about things that we also know almost nothing about, <laughs> we have a podcast called High and Low. A Kurosawa podcast. That's right. And it's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. It's on all those other places that you can get it. We're a couple well, of episodes just iTunes in. Or SoundCloud? No, no. It's it's on everything. Fine. That's the way it works. Magic. That's cool, you guys. What inspired you to do that? Uh, I don't know. An excuse to talk about Kurosawa movies. Nice. Also, we love Japanese movies. Yeah. Like, in general. Just, just. FYI. Yeah. If you want a good primer <laughs> for it, listen to the Face of Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that is on our, uh, me and Sarah's <laughs> podcast, which is this one, obviously. But uh, Spencer picked that movie. And that's, that's yeah, that's a good example of the kind of Japanese movies where, like, oh, man, everyone <laughs> should know about this. And we just yeah. recorded a great one that's coming out in a month or so. 
Yeah, I'm so glad we saw that movie because yeah. I had no idea it existed and <laughs> it was like so good. Yeah. That's cool. A Anything head else you're there. working on? Um, uh, I'm <laughs> writing short stories, trying to get some published. Cool. So, what else? Be sure to send us some info on it if anything ever... If it, if there's a linkable thing, we'll definitely share it as soon as we hear. Uh, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> if I actually get a, if I actually get published, then yes. Yes, you'll get published. Just uh, keep trying. I have one story out there that I'm embarrassed about that I try to ignore happened. Well, let's pretend that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And you and Gina or Gina Radcliffe are going to do a podcast soon, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know yet. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it will happen it, eventually. Of course. Just as soon as she's done with Kill by Kill. I'm getting ready to launch um, a website for my art. It's just going to be like a gallery, basically. But it's called SarahKathleenRoberts.com. And um, I'm Sarah with an H. But... Yeah, by the time this is out, I hopefully will have some some small things you can check out there. Mm. It's kind of a soft This will be out on Monday, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, And um, I live with her. <laughs> uh, the, the Friday after this comes out, I think it's uh, Friday, uh, my newest review will come out on Summer Night Fight. In my uh, nice. yeah. TV review, I, this time I do a TV movie where I, I usually review um, a science fiction horror TV show from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And I picked the 70s early like slasher movie before slashes were a thing called Home for Holidays. It's on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. You get young Sally Field as the final girl. And you get oh, young. Oh, there's no such thing. You get young Jessica Walter from Arrested Development playing an alcoholic again. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, 2016. Wait, this is 2016. 2017 is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. We've probably got all kinds of science fiction and fantasy movies to look forward to. Uh, the Mummy looks really dumb. I hope it's <laughs> good. Uh, who knows what else? More superhero stuff to come. I hope you go out and see Star Wars. And I hope you like it as much as we did, if not more so. Well, thank you for me. I don't care about Star Wars, but this movie made me care about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you on Thanks Facebook at our page. I'll feed his name. Thanks for else. guesting, Spencer. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Spencer came in at the last minute because all of my other friends are, are stupid. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, hashtag bug life. Except for <laughs> <laughs> Your poor Aaron is sick. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hashtag thug life. Thanks. Bye. Thug life.
EarTrumpetAudio.com. Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Ha, 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 ha.